Hey there, I'm Beth Donaldson, an entrepreneur that puts hustle and heart into everything I do. The Hustle and Heart podcast will give you real and raw advice about overcoming and embracing failures, challenges, and obstacles in order to climb to the top. But it all begins with you. Listen in to each episode to harness your power and achieve more than you ever thought possible. Get ready to own it all because you deserve it. Hey guys, I'm back to deliver another episode of Hustle and Heart, and it happens to be my birthday week. Yes, it sure is, and I'm excited to celebrate another year. So this week, we'll be discussing mental health, particularly as an entrepreneur, in my case, of course. There are so many stigmas related to this topic, but we need to talk about it. I have a huge passion to bring awareness to this topic because it affects not only me, but so many others. It's a problem, not the mental health part itself, but the fact that people don't feel like they can talk about it because they'll be judged. So let's start with this. I'm a type A alpha female. I'm an INTJ on the Myers-Briggs spectrum. And I'm a type eight wing seven on the Enneagram scale. If you know anything about personalities and the categories that I happen to fall in, We put a lot of heat on ourselves and have extremely high expectations. My personality type is quite fierce, and I'm a get-her-done type of gal, in case you didn't already know that, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Along with that comes a lot of greatness, but many struggles too when it comes to certain aspects in life, including mental health concerns. You may be wondering why I'm telling you about my personality type and perhaps what it even means. It wasn't until recently that I took the time to learn or care when my therapist suggested that I take them. Over the last few years through my mental wellness journey, I've become big into learning and understanding different personality types, not because one is better than the other. They all have their strengths and weaknesses, by the way, but because it makes me a better communicator, leader, and human. I believe that our personalities can play a huge role in our mental wellness. So now that I've shared a little bit about my personality type, let's jump right into the good stuff. Mental health struggles are real. In fact, 72% of entrepreneurs are affected by mental health conditions. And for those of you who aren't business owners, the chance that you may struggle with one too isn't much lower. For many of us, it may seem impossible to balance the demands of business with our own mental health needs and personal well-being. It's actually often positioned as admirable and selfless to put your own needs aside in exchange for starting or running a business. However, it's time to change that, and that's exactly what I'm here to do. My mental health has been a top priority for me this year, and it will be for the rest of my life. It may have taken some major setbacks to take control of my mental well-being, but I'm here and ready to tackle it to become the best version of myself. Mental health and learning how to overcome challenges is something we should be talking about openly as business owners and the human race as a whole. So as we all know, this past year has been a challenging and trying time for everyone, some more than others, but it's safe to say that everyone has been impacted by the pandemic from business owners to employees to children and all of the human race across the globe. As an entrepreneur, I can say that the stresses have come in many forms and many of us have been impacted in immeasurable ways. But I would not be speaking my truth if I didn't take a moment to say it's been a blessing in disguise as well. 
there has been a lot of good that has come from the pandemic. And many of you may disagree with me, but I strongly stand for learning, growing, and thriving through adversity and challenges. I would say the same is true about the time that I was forced to close my business for six months. Yes, six months as a brand new business when a car ran through my storefront and I was hit by the vehicle in 2019. Yes, you heard that right. I am lucky to be alive. I opened the doors of my business in December of 2017 and have had to close down twice for circumstances outside of my control. And let me tell you, it has made me better, stronger, and wiser. Some people may call me naive or overly optimistic because of my resilience and how I can bounce back from situations that would make most people crumble. I'm here to tell you I have to give credit to my past, both the good and bad, my life experiences, my innate personality, and my strong faith for my gift to find the blessings and opportunities in the most trying times of my life. During this past year, we have all struggled. Many businesses had to close, people lost their homes, and others even lost their loved ones. I know it wasn't easy, but I can only hope all of you have found a way to grow and see the blessings upon blessings that we all have every day. I know these stresses can take a significant toll on mental health, and it has on me too. Since the car accident at my business, I have struggled with extreme anxiety and PTSD to the point of feeling like I can't even function some days. But I decided to get help and take matters into my own hands because I deserve it. Now more than ever, I've been incredibly appreciative of the time to slow down and learn to be more present through this pandemic. Although I still work the same long hours and consider myself a workaholic, I'm working on those issues as well. These challenges, amongst many others, have been the awakening call for me to make a decision to work on myself from the inside out. That is actually a huge part of my company mission, which is why I'm so passionate about what we stand for as a company. And oftentimes, working on yourself from the inside out requires you to dig deep with traumas that were buried deep down inside. One of mine is working through the abandonment of my biological mother the one person in the entire world who is supposed to love you unconditionally. Luckily, I had an amazing father and stepmom who raised me and my siblings. However, being abandoned as a child is a deep-rooted trauma that must be faced to begin healing. More on that later. We all have unresolved issues, and if you're working through yours too, I applaud you for the courage it takes, but it's up to us to do the work. It was only recently that I learned the importance of prioritizing my mental health after several near breakdown experiences over the last few years and the will to never give up. As it relates to running a business or even a household, if you don't take care of yourself, your business will suffer because you can't pour from an empty cup. Things like getting quality sleep, minimizing multitasking, setting boundaries, And hiring the help you need will ensure that your business can run smoothly. I used to try to do it all, and I simply can't for two reasons. One, I don't have enough time. And two, I'm not great at everything. As a self-described type A personality, slowing down, being present, and asking for help is not my natural forte. It takes work. 
I've attempted to gain some insights that can help provide tools to practice mindfulness in any environment so I can strengthen my mental health and be my best self as a partner, leader, friend, and human. I have incorporated them into my daily routine as of lately, many which are now non-negotiables in my life, but I still have a lot of work to do. I've also recently began committing to a specific time each day to stop working. Although I don't always follow it because as a business owner, oftentimes there are unexpected and urgent matters to address. Entrepreneurship is a crazy roller coaster of a ride. There are moments of insane highs like the day you open your doors and celebrate or making it through your very first year of operations where you experience some fantastic and exhilarating highs. But unfortunately, there are lows as well, like a car running through your storefront, which by the way, statistically speaking, is much more common than you would ever imagine. Hiring the wrong employee that can send a negative ripple effect through the entire company culture closing for months due to a global pandemic, or simply juggling the many hats you must wear as a small business owner. But the fall is that much harder if you're an entrepreneur struggling with mental illness. That's why facing it is a must. So studies show an entrepreneur's mindset can be the perfect habitat for depression and anxiety. However, the statistics on mental illness as a society are outrageous and should be discussed and addressed. We all deserve to be healthy and balanced as individuals in a society. My personal struggles happen to be with anxiety and PTSD, but having the courage to work through it is so freeing to my soul and gives me hope for optimal peace and wellness in my personal life. The nature of a business owner's work is deeply stressful, particularly with major setbacks thrown in the mix. The popular conception of an entrepreneur is someone who is constantly sleep-deprived, stressed, and overworked. Mental health often goes by the wayside for all of us, and it doesn't have to be like that. There are so many resources at our fingertips to help us push through. Then there's solitude. Building a startup can be extremely lonely, especially when it feels like every moment not spent on the goal is wasted time. I'm personally so bad at this kind of guilt. Again, the workaholic thing, which leaves very little time to maintain healthy connections with family and friends. But the fact of the matter is, when we take time for ourselves and our own needs, we are that much more productive when we are working. No one ever said building a company was easy, but it's time to be honest about how brutal it really is and the price so many founders and business owners secretly pay. That's why I wanted to discuss this topic of mental health, because no one wants to bring it up and it's easily looked over. I'm no expert, and the information I'm sharing today is from my personal experience. It's a difficult topic for me to discuss as I continue to heal myself from my own struggles, but it's absolutely liberating to begin the process. So let's talk about mindfulness because it's something I've begun to practice daily to help me through my healing process. The definition of mindfulness often revolves around meditation, quieting your mind, and somehow pushing away the thoughts that emerge. I recognize the benefits of meditation now and I practice it daily in my morning routine. But let me tell you, it's not all about quieting the mind because the mind was made to think, just like the heart was made to beat. Try to stop your heart for just one moment, and I guarantee you can't do that. 
because if you could, you would not still be listening to this. That is the same way that the mind works. So it's not about stopping the mind and stopping your thoughts, but it's about practicing mindfulness. I recently started using the Calm app on my phone to meditate, reflect, and practice daily gratitude and mindfulness as part of my mental health journey. I'll be honest, I'm not so great at it, but I'm starting to notice the benefits just by putting forth the effort. It has proven to be fantastic for me for an introduction to the art of mindfulness with many options depending on your stage in the process and the time you're willing to commit to it. I make my meditation time part of my morning routine and will oftentimes even incorporate it into my evenings as well. Through the process, I've learned that not thinking is virtually impossible for me. But as I mentioned before, our minds were made to think and it is impossible to stop your thoughts. During meditation, however, the key is to notice that your mind gets off track and return without judgment. The act of bringing your mind back to a single point of focus is what strengthens it. Mindfulness is being fully present with no judgment. It's building awareness about your emotions, physical sensations, your thoughts, as well as your surrounding environment. The more I practice mindfulness, the more I'm learning how to make choices about how I want to respond versus react. I've started to notice reactionary patterns and I'm exploring why and getting to the bottom of the root cause. I'm able to slow down and relax more. And I'm also able to be more present in my experiences and conversations with others. Mindfulness practices and activities can take many forms. For example, like meditation, yoga, listening to music, going for walks, reading a book, all that great stuff. But they all allow us to practice being in the present moment and focusing on the activity at hand. Meditation is a specific form of mindfulness, and within meditation, there are many different forms. Awareness of breath, loving kindness, body scanning, just to name a few. The realization that meditation is not necessarily about quieting your mind helped me understand how to bring mindfulness into different aspects of my life and ultimately helped me achieve mental health in addition to therapy and other sources that I've incorporated into my life. Before this realization, the few times I've done yoga was the only time I felt mentally present. Ordinarily, my mind was filled with anxious thoughts about the future, how much I had to get done, the items on my to-do list, etc., etc. But during yoga, if I lost presence, I fell down, which I usually did anyways. So during yoga, I was able to stay present for the most part and completely disconnect from the world. I've realized, however, that there are many ways to meditate and practice mindfulness other than yoga. And I do enjoy yoga every now and then, but for me, that's just not my thing. So let me share with you some insight on things that are starting to help me through my personal mental health journey. Number one, finding activities where I can be physically present. I treat myself to massages. I take a bubble bath almost nightly unless I'm traveling because I'm a complete germaphobe and will not touch a public bathtub. And I'm prioritizing exercise. All three of these activities involve tuning into my body, unintentionally focusing on the one thing that is happening in a similar way that you focus on breathing during meditation. Number two, 
Don't feel guilty about taking a mini pause in your day. I have found that it's critical to take mini breaks throughout the day. I attempt to make my mini break a legitimate break by not looking at my phone or checking emails during this time, but I will do things like take a walk, harvest my garden, or maybe just be, meaning simply doing nothing, which is very difficult for me. This allows my mind to reset and be fully present on the task at hand when I return. I'm a list person and still keep a paper calendar, not only to psych myself into believing how productive I am, but to legitimately move things forward. Something that is very satisfying to me is to check things off the list. In fact, if I do something that wasn't on my list, I'm that girl that will typically add it to the list just so I can check it off. Number three, develop a morning routine. Keeping the same morning routine has become critical in my life to begin the day right and be productive the entire day. What I have found in my mindfulness journey is that my morning routine plays a big part for setting myself up for a successful and productive day and has become my sacred time during my mental and physical wellness journey. It's not perfect and it's a work in progress, but it's helped me transform into a better person already. I'll share a peek into my sacred time. First and foremost, the most important is absolutely no phone during the first hour or two after waking up. I used to be that girl that popped out of bed and went straight to my emails and texts, and then of course social media too, all of which consumed me from the moment I woke up. I have changed that complete mess. My mornings look a lot different lately, and it's a time that's non-negotiable in my current season of life. I wake up, and first thing, coffee. I take a few minutes to enjoy my coffee and begin my daily mindfulness meditation with my Calm app. It only takes about 10 minutes and begins with breath work followed by mindfulness practice. I also complete my daily reflection and gratitude journal at that time. After I begin my day with my mindfulness practice, I shower and skincare. Skincare is a huge part of my morning routine and life in general. By the way, if you are not on a medical grade skincare routine, please do yourself a favor and invest in some. You'll thank me later. After I slather on my skincare all over my face, I continue to indulge in coffee and do some simple things around the home, like laundry, organization, you know, all those things to keep the house nice and orderly. During that time, I'm also listening to the current book I'm reading. I use Audible books mostly for the purposes of being able to multitask and fit more into my day because time is our most valuable asset. I am currently reading The Values Factor by Dr. John Demartini, and it's an amazing book for anyone who hasn't read it. I have a lot of favorite books and will share them along the way. I learned so much from reading and encourage everyone to invest time in books or anything else that builds knowledge because it strengthens our mental health and it's powerful. I will then head up to my home office and get a few hours of work in before the day gets started. Number four, take care of your health, both mentally and physically. This is currently a top priority in my life, which means therapy appointments, chiropractor visits, working out, etc., etc., and it all goes on my calendar. It is scheduled into my day because I'm no longer willing to put these on the back burner to get an extra hour of work in, because without health, we have nothing. 
These are just a few of the things I've learned. I continue to improve daily to achieve optimal mental wellness while kicking ass in life. Remember this, bravery is not the absence of fear, it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway. If you're someone who has their own struggles with mental health, like many of us do, please find the courage to get the help you deserve so you can begin healing and living life to your fullest. You are worth it. Take care and see you next time. There you have it. Another episode of Hustle and Heart. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your app and connect with me on social media so you don't miss a beat. I'll see you next time on the Hustle and Heart podcast.